I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 79 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a caprash journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Bubba of the Fight Club Minute. Welcome back to the show, Bubba. Hello again. Minute 79 begins with George uh, gabbing with Harry and ends with the bank examiner becoming concerned. So yesterday we we ended things with uh, you know George showing up at the building alone uh, and just uh, taking a collect call from from Harry, having a interesting conversation with him. And today we we continue with that. So at this point George says to Harry, "You should see what they're cooking up in town for you." Oh, they are. And then he turns to Eustace and Tilly and says, "The Navy's gonna fly Mother home this afternoon in a plane." What, Uncle Billy? Has Uncle Billy come in yet? Oh, he stopped at the bank first. He's not here right now, Harry, but look, now tell me about it. George, George, George. What? This man is here again. What man? The the bank examiner. Oh, oh. Uh, Harry, talk to Eustace for a minute, will you? I'll be right back. Well, Harry. So, I mean, again, this is an interesting conversation that they're having. You know, George is completely oblivious to the fact that there is a man sitting in his in outside of his office waiting for something you know uh, if if someone is waiting there and this is a very small business it's not like you can automatically assume that whoever's there is someone who's gonna be looking for someone else <laughs> you know there, there aren't that many people to choose from that this person is waiting but george you know he's single-minded and just thinking about his brother right now now i i love the way that it seems as if this, they're doing like a play-by-play here with the, the the way that the conversation is going, because you know George is telling Eustace things that are happening and and stuff like that. You know he keeps looking over to him, and, and so it made me think about the the idea of uh, you know play by play commentators in uh, sports and stuff like that. And I find it very interesting. It's in sports, it's called play by play. In combat sports, it's called blow by blow. In motorsports, it's called lap by lap. And uh, in cricket coverage, they call it ball by ball play. So it, it's just interesting, you know, that, that uh, you know, the idea is you need to be obviously very skilled to be able to constantly explain over the radio uh, or over some sort of uh, voice medium, you know, everything that's going on. Yeah, and in movie podcast, it's called Minute by Minute. That's right. Play by play, minute by minute. Uh, especially on shows like this one where we actually tell you what's going on as it's going on instead of just discussing it. You know, it's also known as a color commentator. Do you, do you know why it's uh, referred to as color? Uh, no, I, I don't. So the, the idea of a color comment commentator is someone who will bring levity and insight as an analyst. So you have the person who's giving the play-by-plays, 
and then someone else who will give you insight into they'll analyze the actual plays or things that are going on stuff like that uh, i guess uh i guess you could have it described as like the the uh one commentary is just giving you the rough outline and then the uh, color commentator is filling it in correct he's giving you more more the, the color commentator i think gives you more substance you know, I guess I, I, it goes back to what we were saying about the minute by minute. It's, it you get you go deeper. The color commentator is the person who's going deeper into discussing things, as opposed to just giving you an overview of everything that's going on. I think that's the the essential uh, difference here. Uh, the, the 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 conversation between George and Eustace to me gets a little funny because you know it it reminded me of of like who's on first first. You know that man is here again. What man? The bank examiner. Oh, oh, oh. You know, it's like, obviously, it doesn't reach the same level that Abbott and Costello uh, reached on that. But, uh, you know, you have the whole idea of, for, of who, who's on first. Do you, do you know when the the idea who's on first came around? Um, I mean, I if I had to guess, I, I mean, based on that question, I would imagine that it might have been like part of their vaudeville act before. Uh, committing it to screen. Okay, I mean it is something that 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 was created in vaudeville and then in movies uh, even earlier. Not just by by Abbott and Costello. There are other people that use the the idea of of dialogue. For instance, uh, you know you have a mythical kingdom that was known as what, and they say what is next to which, and what is the name of the town next to which. Yes, you know that type of thing. You know different jokes in that revolved around people in schools. And they would say that there was a there was a schoolboy named How who came from where, but he lives in Y. You know, and How is H O W E, where is W A A R E, and Y is W Y E. So you know they, they just got into this type of routine. And apparently, uh, Bud Abbott started a baseball routine when he was doing vaudeville with someone else. And then once he teamed up with Costello, the two of them worked out the the whole routine which obviously has now become quite iconic. Uh, in, like the, in, I think, 1938 is when they first started uh, dealing with it. You know, and they kept polishing the, the routine over the years. So, you know, for, for those who are unfamiliar, it's the whole idea of, you know, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Actually copyrighted uh, the routine in 1944 that nobody could, uh, you know, take, take that away from them. And uh, there, there was a movie that they were in in 1940 called One Night in the Tropics, which features a shortened version of it. In 1945, there's a movie, The 90s, and that's where the uh, full recording of it. You know, obviously, they, were, they recorded it also in, on radio and TV. You know, they had a variety show that they uh, would use it also, stuff like that. Yeah, I've definitely looked it up and listened to that and watched the, uh, probably the, the full version. It's it's just incredible, their, the, their timing. And you can tell that, it, that yes. it's a, a duo that has practiced it and honed it to a fine point because it, it just is so rapid fire. And it just the, the, the timing and the delivery is absolutely incredible to watch and listen to. Correct. No question about that. Um, they, they even placed a gold record of it uh, in uh, the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. And they even had the video from the movie, The Naughty 90s. Uh, that constantly plays on screens uh, in in the uh, the Hall of Fame. There's a board game of of who's on first that was created in 1970. 
1999, Time named it the best comedy sketch routine of the entire 20th century. In 2005, it was listed, it was added to the American, the AFI's uh, list of 100 memorable movie quotations. But I, I think just the line, who's on first, as opposed to the, the entire thing. You know, so anyone who's never listened to it, I, I'm not going to uh, take away the, the fun of, <laughs> of watching Abbott and Costello do it for you. So anyone who, who, you know, isn't familiar with this, or even if you are familiar and you want to go back and take a look at it, you can, you can easily find on YouTube, just type in who's on first Abbott and Costello, and you will get one of the finest comedy routines ever done. Yeah, I, th- I think a more recent, um, you know, spin on that uh, it was <laughs> surprisingly came from uh, the the Winnie the Pooh movie, like one of the more recent Winnie the Pooh movies. And they, they have a scene where Rabbit, Pooh and Owl are stuck in the bottom of a pit. And at the top is Piglet with a bunch of short ropes. And they ask him if he can knot the ropes. And he says, I cannot knot. And so it's it's this entire routine <laughs> with the you know the the not n o t and not k n o t and it's it's fun you can you can find that clip on your YouTube too and that's that's a, a you know a fun a fun little scene and you know kind of a a spin on the uh, the who's on first with the uh, misunderstanding two um, homonyms yeah I mean there, there's there's a lot of uh, movies and TV shows and, and skits that, that just uh, copied the whole idea. I mean, Johnny Carson had a spoof of, of, of Ronald Reagan that he did, which uh, had a uh, Hugh is on the phone. He was referring to a fictional Chinese leader, uh, Chung Dung Hu. And then uh, Reagan misunderstands references to the Secretary of the Interior, James Watt, thinking that they said what? And uh, PLO leader Yasser Arafat keeps hearing as yes, sir. You know, so uh, that's actually something I'd be interested to try to find. What what movie is most famous for the idea of who's on first? What famous movie uh, plays out who's on first? Uh, I don't, I don't remember. Um, the answer is Rain Man. Oh yeah. Have you seen Rain Man? Right, yeah, so, it, it's been a long uh, time since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Right. So throughout the movie, Dustin Hoffman is uh, is quoting who's on first. Probably the most common. Or the most famous uh, rendition of it uh, outside of of them himself. Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's tons of them that I found. Many of these that I see here on the list are from like uh, uh, TV late night sketch shows. You know, like Jimmy Fallon and Johnny and and uh, you know Johnny Carson and a whole bunch of people like them that were that would do similar type of thing. After this happens, so George turns to the 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 man that is standing there and uh, says, "Oh, good morning, sir." And the answer is Carter, bank examiner, <laughs> which is just, now he's just getting curtain to the point. <laughs> and then he says, hello, Mr. Carter, Merry Christmas. He goes, Merry Christmas. We're all excited around here. My brother just got the Congressional Medal of Honor. The president just decorated him. Well, I guess they do those things. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. It just shows him how... No shows how no nonsense and humorless of a character this is. I, he could almost be like he's almost like a secondary villain uh, to Potter, but uh, of course he actually warms up at the end where Potter does not. That's true, and he says, "Well, I, I trust you had a good year. Good year. Oh well, between you and me, Mister Carter, we're broke. 
Yeah, very funny. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then George is a double take because he, he, he really was being serious and sincere. He goes, well, uh, now come right in here, Mr. Carter. Although I shouldn't wonder when you're when 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 you're okay, reverse charges on personal long distance calls. George, shall we hang up? No, no. He wants to talk to Uncle Billy. You just hold on there. Now, if you'll cooperate, I'd like to. So my my first question that that I mean we could talk about this a little more tomorrow, but you know, like what? Why is the bank examiner coming on Christmas Eve? You know what has inspired him that he has to show up on December 24th in the morning in order to be able to get home in time. I mean, that's the about the only reason that I can think of is that it again, if you take a step back and think that this was all a plot from uh, Potter, where I mean, he doesn't know like he might know that the the bank there that the building and loan is broke like i'm sure that he keeps tabs on them and just waits for any opportunity so maybe he he does know that they're not in the best place financially and so he urges the bank examiner to come at at this point in time at a you know at a at a critical moment right whenever they've had to pay this large sum yeah, I, I, there's no, to me, there's no other explanation. You know, the, the idea is, is that this is something that, that Potter called up and says, oh, you know, I think there's something wrong. You got to have some bank of them or come and take a look at it. I mean, the, the ironic thing of, of what's going to happen, you know, uh, you know, in the future now <laughs> with, with this, you know, the fact that the bank examiner really needs to be there, you know, is, is, yeah, I, I guess you're saying, it's it's lucky that the bank examiner is around for for what's about to happen, because there is something that that shouldn't be happening that happens. Now the actor who plays uh, Carter is an actor named Charles Halton, who was born in 1876 and passed away in 1959 at the age of 83. He's actually 70 years old here in this when uh, you know in 1946. You'd think that even back then, by 70, someone would be retired. I mean, he doesn't necessarily look 70. You know, he does look a little younger. He doesn't look like he needs to retire. Let's put it that way. Um, he has 204 IMDb credits, including roles in To Be or Not To Be. So, I mean, first of all, I, I think that's a hilarious movie. Um, I, I, I mean, I like, I like the, the remake, the Mel Brooks remake much better, but, but still. So the original uh, To Be or Not To Be was, was directed by Ernst uh, Lubitsch. Starring uh, Carol Lombard and Jack Benny. You know, it's the idea of, of a that the story is of a theater uh, company in in Warsaw, and how they deal with the fact that uh, you know the 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 invasion the invasion of Poland by by the Germans, and then they find out that there is a German spy who has gotten information about people in the underground. And so this theater company group need to to try to to stop him from handing over the information about the the family members of people in the underground and stuff like that. To me, both versions are hilarious because you have both Jack Benny and Mel Brooks uh, at some point also playing uh, pretending to be Hitler. You know, someone who they both disdain. You know, they they have a lot of disdain for for for, for that. Uh, you know, for Hitler. So so he's in that. He's in uh, Foreign Correspondent, which was a Hitchcock movie. He's in Shop Around the Corner, 
which is another Jimmy Stewart movie. And he also has a very small role in uh, The Best Years of Our Lives, you know, which was a uh, Movies by Minute project. I mean, it's a movie that came out in 1946, but they also had a Movies by Minute project that was, uh, that was produced by uh, Jim O'Kane. It was a group project that they did uh, three years ago. And he plays a character named Prue. I, I wasn't able to figure out who Prue is. I don't remember. Uh, and I've seen The Best Years of Our Lives many times. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. But uh, the, the the character is a small character, and I just don't know who Prue is. Hmm. Maybe if Jim is listening, maybe he can remember who Prue is. That's actually everything I have for this minute. Did you have anything else? No, this is a, you know, a pretty self-contained minute. Uh, it's mostly just a bit of dialogue. It's all right in the same room that we talked about uh, yesterday. So, yeah, I don't really have anything else. The, the one thing I like about this is the the fact that, you know, as we mentioned, the bank examiner is a very uh, by-the-book guy and just doesn't have uh, – doesn't, doesn't realize that George is, is, is not joking with him and thinks that he is joking and, you know, doesn't want to doesn't want to deal with, with those type of jokes. You know, we don't need those jokes around here, that type of thing. All right, so every Thursday we have a segment called Jimmy Stewart Thursday where my guests will give – their top five Jimmy Stewart films. Now I know he played a superhero, so you might have more than more than one entry this this time. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna ask you, um, you know, how how many Jimmy Stewart movies do you think that I've seen? I I'm gonna say three. Uh, you're you're not too far off, but I have seen exactly five Jimmy Stewart movies, so I am able oh, to wow. give you a, a full top five. Uh, and I'm going to start out, uh, number five is Vertigo. Uh, I know that's, that tops a lot of people's lists. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, um, considered one of the best movies of all time. I've, I've seen it once and it's been so long ago. I can't honestly remember that much of it. Uh, but I, I do remember that I liked the movie at the time. So I'm at least going to give it the number five spots. Number four is Rear Window. That's, you know, just another fantastic Hitchcock movie. Uh, Jimmy Stewart gives a great performance. And it's, I mean, you can't really say too much bad about a Hitchcock movie. Uh, and and that is one of the better ones. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with this one. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I don't feel like I have to say too much about too much more about it because it's it's been covered plenty on this show. My number I, two, I can't understand I, why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my number two, I'm going to go with Rope. Uh, that's that's one that I covered on you know my uh, older podcast, Film Wise, and I uh, watched that for the first time, and I I really enjoyed it. Uh, and and he plays. A, a slightly different character in that movie and just the the whole single shot aspect of that movie is fascinating and it's it's done really well for the time and my number one jimmy stewart is harvey that is it's another movie that i i watched once and it's been a while ago but i i definitely remember that whenever i watched it i just absolutely fell in love with that movie it is 
just such a a great and endearing and and funny movie that it it is really fantastic and and he plays the the main character just so well that that makes you believe that that, that Harvey is really there it, it's it's kind of like uh, I I feel like he plays a very similar performance as uh, Bob Hoskins in Who Framed Roger Rabbit but the only difference is in Harvey they're not actually animating Harvey. Correct. All right. Very cool. Thank you for the list. I'm, I'm glad that you had five to talk. <laughs> it's always a plus. Always a plus. All right. Great. Uh, so, uh, Bubba, you want to once again tell people where they can find you? Sure. I will uh, once again plug what's I kind of feel like is the, the main project, the main podcast project that I'm working on right now, which is Fight Club Minutes. It's uh, currently releasing three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, just like this uh, show, I'm covering a a movie one minute at a time, and I'm covering the 1999 film Fight Club uh, with my co-host Lance Stanford, and uh, we have a guest uh, every week. And it's again, it's been a lot of fun, um, and uh, just uh, and and I'm also on uh, Instagram uh, where I'm at Bubbleweeds. And you can join that, and I share, uh, you know, uh, selected stills from the movie as they come out, and uh, give a little bit of additional commentary on some of the uh, the stills. And uh, there's a a lot like that. That movie is really jam packed. Uh, I know that that you're not the biggest fan, but there is definitely a lot of talk, a lot to talk about in that movie. Yeah, for sure. Well, there, there's no question about that. But but you know me. There's a lot to talk about in every movie. So it's not. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a movie I'm 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 a fan of or or that I'm less of a fan of. It's uh you know you can always find what to talk about, uh, which uh, you and I both know I'm very good at. <laughs> Especially when looking at triangles at the back of a of, <laughs> of a buggy. There you go. <laughs> All right, and and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly did. Life with its sorrow. Life with its tears. 